Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. Praise Him for what He's done. Enjoy the music today. It's good to have Brother Hampton with us this morning. Brother Hampton is Brother Latta's pastor when he's growing up. Brother Hampton is the pastor emeritus of Emmanuel Baptist Temple, where he pastored for 35 years and has been in the ministry over 50 years. And enjoy getting to know him a little bit yesterday at the ordination of Brother Latta. And he came down for to, to be at Brother Latta's ordination, but we're gonna we want him to preach too. So. Brother Hampton, you come on and you preach to us this morning. Amen. Thank you. Everything's all quiet. I'll have to be that way. I appreciate Brother Crawford and the invitation he's given me to come and be here for Jesse's ordination and also the opportunity to preach this morning. I love to preach. And I want to compliment you as far as the church is concerned. Uh, you folks have been very friendly to me and uh, warm-hearted, and, 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 and I appreciate it. And I appreciate good music. I was thinking about the song that they sang earlier about Beulah Land. And there's the other song that, Beulah Land, I'm longing for you. And someday. Amen. One of these days. Amen. And, I, you know, having been around for a little while, uh, to see your facilities and what you take care of them and what God's done here, uh, all you can do is just praise the Lord for His goodness to you. Uh, I was glad to uh, meet Brother Ed Zellner yesterday, get to know him a little bit, and I'll go back to home, and I have another friend in Texas, and, and I'm glad for that. Jesse Latta. His children were asking me yesterday, said, tell us a funny story about Jesse. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought about this one, and finally, I, I, you know, you have to get it up and see what you're going to tell them, because kids are sometimes they carry it the wrong way. But uh, I told him, I said, there's something about your daddy you don't know. I said, uh, when he was a kid growing up, he had a drug problem. Yes, his mother took him by the hand and drug him to church every Sunday. <laughs> so, now if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter number 7. Here Jesus draws a picture of two ways of life. He tells of a wide gate and a broad way, which a lot of people are traveling. That way leads to destruction. Then he tells of a straight gate and a narrow way. That leads to life, but few there be that find it. But blessed are those who do find it. Would you look at those two verses in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 13? Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. 
I was glad for the song that the ladies sang a moment ago. Praise him for all he's done. By way of introduction this morning, I'd like to tell you a story that fulfills what these two verses are talking about by way of introduction. My daddy was a coal miner back in West Virginia. He was a victim of an explosion that they had in the mine in a place called Havico, West Virginia. It caught him on fire and put him up on the side of a mountain and he bore the scars the rest of his life. But all the time that I was home in West Virginia, I saw my daddy in church one time. He was going down a broad way, going through the wide gate. I would go home and I'd preach to him or try to preach to him and I'd tell him as many things as I could tell him. Many times I tried. One time he told me, I, I pulled up in the driveway. We didn't have a driveway in West Virginia. I pulled up in the alley and he met me at the car before I ever got out. He said, Ed, don't preach to me. My daddy was going to hell. He said, don't preach to me. So what are you going to do if dad says, don't preach to me? But one day I got a phone call and said, your daddy had a stroke and he's in the hospital. Well, as soon as I could, I got things together. So it was a six hour trip for me to go from Maryland down to where he lived. And when I got there, he had, by the time I got there, he had been discharged from the hospital, but he partially paralyzed. The first morning, I heard something and as, I, as I woke up and my dad had gone to the kitchen and he was one of those older kind of people that had coffee with a saucer and a cup. But being partially par paralyzed, I heard the cup, it, it, it would hit the saucer. He, he couldn't hold the cup still. I got up and I went into the kitchen, sat down with him at the table. I said, Dad, I said, since you had the stroke, has that got you to think a little bit more about eternity? My daddy said, yes. You could have bought me for a nickel, folks. So what am I going to do? I said, Dad, I said, through the years, I've helped a lot of people at this stage of their life and showed them how they can be sure that when they leave this world, they can go to heaven. And I'd, I'd be glad to show you if you'll let me. What, would you let me? My daddy said, yes. I went through a simple plan of salvation. And I told my daddy that he could pray and not praying what you believe. You believe that God can do it. And my daddy, for the first time in my life, the only time in my life that I ever heard my daddy pray. And I heard him pray. And he said, Father, I realize that I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus died for me. And right now I want you to save me and make me a real Christian. Yeah. Folks, that was like... What's better than going to heaven is somebody going with you. Amen. The songwriter said, I believe that. My mother 
had heard the noise and she was in the next room and she took her Bible and she wrote in the Bible what was going on, put the date in it. My mother passed away, then I had my daddy's funeral and I took my mama's Bible and I read what she had written about what happened to my daddy. I believe my daddy's in heaven now. Amen. <clears throat> wow, what a blessing it is to know that. I say that to say this. My daddy was going down the wrong road. I wanted to see him go down the right road. But for years and years and years and years, 50 plus years I know, that I tried to talk to him. And, wow. But I thought, folks, don't ever give up. I don't know if you've got a mom and dad or a brother or sister, but i got a brother. My brother Jimmy lived down in West Virginia. I tried to talk to him many, many times. He was in the same boat with my daddy, and for 60 years I tried to encourage him to become a Christian. I prayed for him. I gave him tracts. I wrote him notes. But as for, for, for Jimmy, little did I know that, that he kept some of those things and put them in his desk. And he would pull them out periodically and go over them. But when he was, listen carefully, when he was about 85 years old, Jimmy made the greatest decision he ever made in his life. A couple of months ago, he told me his story about how he had gone through all of that. And I'm sure there were times when he waited in the balances and he thought, and what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, listen, I was, I was so glad to hear his story. I, I'm tickled to death that he did what he did. Then he told me about getting baptized in West Virginia. I thought, wow, that's a wonderful thing. Or, or my brother, uh, 85 years old, uh, but he was going down the wrong road. He came to the gate, and he realized that that's not the gate I want. And there's one over here saying, come this way. How do you know he said? Because he said, come unto me, all ye that labor in the heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And so Jimmy heard that word, come, and he made that decision. And I know it's not, I know it's not perfect. <clears throat> and I'm sure that there were times when Jimmy, after that, there were times when he was walking down the, the narrow road. And to the lure of the flesh or the lure of the devil or the lure of life or whatever it might have been, he stumbled and fell. But I heard a sermon the other Sunday, uh, a couple of weeks ago, about Peter walking on the water. And as Peter was, uh, Peter said to the Lord, as the Lord was on the water, he says, bid me to come to thee on the water. And Jesus said one word, Come. Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water. As he was walking on the water, he began to look at the circumstances. Those waves were... Many of us have gone through life the same way. We, we started walking in the right direction. And, but here's what I heard in that sermon. And, I, and look, folks, I've been saved 
1957, July the 11th, 1957, I got born again, and I'm glad I did. But I know that when Peter was started to sink, as he was going down, and he called out to the Lord, and he said, Lord, save me. You, you know the story. And the Bible says this one word, I'd, preacher, I'd never, I, I know I'd read it before, but this one word, I'd never seen it before. It didn't never grasp, never got to me. The Bible says immediately Jesus reached down and took his hand. And I thought, my brother Jimmy, every time he falls, immediately the Lord's going to reach down to try to pull him up. Now make no mistake as far as this text is concerned that it applies to uh, different things. It applies to the way to destruction is a way to nobody wants to go, ought not want to go. But it speaks about the way to eternal life. But according to John chapter 10, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So there's more to it than, than just eternal life. There's an abundant life that God wants every one of us to have. But notice something. The Bible says, enter ye in at the straight gate. What is a straight gate? I used to say, you know, walk at a straight and narrow, but that's not what this word means. The word straight means a narrow channel that goes from one place to another place. And a narrow channel that goes from one place to another place. Now, you've heard, I'm sure, if you keep up with the news about the Strait of Hormuz, you know, it's just a little narrow body of water that goes from the Black Sea to the Persian Gulf. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. Or the Strait of Gibraltar that goes from the Mediterranean Sea to the Atlantic Ocean. But the only way you're going to get, you've got to go through the street. And so the Lord uses that word. Can I say to you that that's the blood-sprinkled blood way. And that's the only way that you can get from here so there. But Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate. But he says also that and narrow is the way. That is the area is marked by some boundaries. If you've been out on, at least in salt water, I don't know if it's in fresh water or not. But in order to keep it, there, there's some channels that if you stay in the channel, you're pretty good. But if you get out of the channel, as one of my buddies did, then he ran up on a sandbar. You're headed for trouble. And so the government has done some good things. And one of the things they did, they put some channel markers out. They are red and green. There's one simple little rule that if you go by this one simple little rule, you'll be okay. What is that, preacher? It's red on right returning. R, R, R. Red on right. Anybody in the, been in the Navy? Then you know a little bit about that. So let me describe for you, if I may, the description that we have about the narrow way. The teachings of Jesus Christ himself and his actions ought to be the guide for shaping the direction of our life. Too many of us if we were to be honest, we would have to admit that our life doesn't measure up right now to what his expectations of our life would be because it's narrow. 
It's narrow. We, we of the flesh want the broad way. We want to have our way. We want to go the way of the flesh. If we're going to go that way, we're going to miss so many, many blessings. But I ask myself a question. Why did God make it narrow? Why couldn't he have just made it broad? Well, he didn't have any choice. You say, wait a minute. No, he didn't have any choice. The Bible tells me in James chapter 1, verse 17, with him is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Think about this. There's no right or wrong with God. It's all right. Everything God has works on time. I love to watch the Baltimore Orioles. Now, you probably watch the, the team from Texas. Baltimore Orioles were probably the worst team in Major League Baseball this year. They gave up more home runs than any other team. But now, they have a rule for home runs. If the ball goes inside of the foul line, it can count. If it goes outside by a half inch, by half inch or quarter of an inch, because they do the replay, they can measure it exactly. A lot of Baltimore's, <laughs> the other teams, they went, you know, inside. But you just think about, there's the rule that you go by. That's a narrow rule, but it's a good rule, right? So the narrow could be good, amen? So the narrow way is a good way. And listen, I've traveled with Brother Latta here uh, driving around and all of the roads that you have and the vine up here and wherever else you go. And, uh, there are many places. I'm glad there's some rules when you come to the stop sign that uh, this guy stops or the light says stop and, or, you know. Uh, but that's a narrow rule. Well, God's got some of those narrow rules also. Because I know that Peter said in chapter 1, uh, chapter 2, verse 21, he said, follow his steps. He went about doing good, according to Acts chapter 10. He made a lot of sacrifices in order to please the Father. He honored the Father. He went the way that it should go. And he said to you and me that we could follow in his steps. Sometimes, folks, it's hard. It, can, I, uh, can I love on you a little bit while I'm preaching? And I went to Hagerstown in 1969. There was a man who was responsible for me being there. <coughs> and he, he was a good man, and he won a lot of people to Christ. And, man, we, we hit it off, and the Lord blessed in a, in a marvelous way. Uh, we had young people like Jesse Laddis that came to our church, and I, it, was, it was just good. His first name was Bob. After several years, Bob, he still wanted to be the one who was the leader, and he wouldn't let me as a pastor. He didn't want me in his mind to be the pastor and do the leading. And so he took the stance of Absalom, if you're familiar with the story. And Absalom would stand at the gate, and the people would come by, and he would whisper in their ear, and say, did you see anything wrong with that? I, I, I can't quote Absalom because I don't know, but you've got an imagination, right? You can imagine that's about what he said. And he drew the people, and Bob drew the people to himself. One Sunday, they decided it was time to go. One hundred of them walked out. 
Now, I had a problem. This man, if I, had, if I could have gotten in the flesh, I could have easily have popped him in a kisser every time I could. But wait a minute, that's not the way Jesus went. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because I'm, I had a hard time. The road was narrow. He said, do it, whether you want to or not. I was sitting at Greenville, South Carolina, went down to see my children who were students at Bob Jones. And I was reading a book. In this book, it talked about how to deal with how you feel, was the title of the book. And one of the things it had to do in that, in that book was how to forgive other people. And I said to the Lord while I was there, I said, Lord, I forgive him. I was so glad I read how to, that book and just how I needed to forgive that man in order to have peace in my own heart. And, and I said, Father, I forgive him. And I did. I, you know what comes over when a man does the right thing and the peace of God comes in his life? So I know that I need to follow the teachings of the Lord. I know I need to go the way he went do what he wants me to do. And I know also that it's a way according to Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16, where it says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. But Ed Zelder and I were talking last night about the old paths and how things used to be. And what he says, if you find, and it says, Where is the good way? And walk therein. And you shall find rest for your souls. That's what Jesus is talking about here. So I, I want to find rest for my soul. George Washington was a great president of the United States. But guess what? George Washington had some troubles. He had some problems that he had to deal with. But he didn't have the previous administration to blame it on. <laughs> <laughs> Now, but you just, you know, it's the proven way. It's the blood-sprinkled way. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. Sometimes it's lonely. It's not an easy road. We're traveling to heaven. I'm sure glad we're going to heaven. You know, it might not be easy, but brother, it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. But you got to, in order to get there, you got to make a decision in your own mind. You come to that place where you see the the straight gate, and the straight gate means narrow, right? Because it's going down the narrow way. And, but then the other one is broad, and a whole lot of people are going there. And nobody's going to force you. It's going to, Luke chapter 13, verse 24, Jesus said these words. He says, strive to enter in the straight gate. That word strive means you got to struggle. you got to agonize, is the word. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. I think you referred to it last night. Uh, but the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Same word as the word strive. Fight. I've got to want it if I'm going to get it. I've got to make up my mind that I want to go God's way. And regardless of the cost, it'll be worth it all in the end. 
and I can have peace in my heart while I'm here and whatever else. There was a man by the name of Fritz Chrysler, one of the most noted violin masters of his day and regarded as one of the greatest violinists of all times, but he was quoted as saying, narrow is the road that leads to the life of a violinist. And I remember seeing the violinist over here this morning. I, had, I didn't have any idea we were going to have one, but I, I love violin music. But he made the statement. He said, there are many things that I wanted to do, while I, uh, that, but I had to leave them undone. If I was to master the violin, the road that I traveled was a narrow road, and the way was hard. But you know, in order to go in to the straight gate, you can narrow it down, and if you pick it this way, there are some things you can't take through that gate. We went to the airport and going to Florida one time recently. We don't fly much, but oh, we got there, and my wife has a, uh, not a laptop, but something next thing down below a laptop, whatever it is. Some of you know what they are. I can't remember the word right now. But anyway, Kindle, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, but, or a tablet, whichever, but it was a Kindle. But guess what? When you, can, when you get to the airport, they want you to put that Kindle through a special little place. My wife is losing her eyesight. For Christmas last year, I bought her a New Testament. The font size is a 22. I see her reading her Bible, font size 22, using magnifying glass in order to see those words. She loves the book. Folks, she led me to Jesus Christ in 1957. I love her. One of these days we're going in heaven together. But while we checked in at the airport, they, 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 for some reason or other, she lost her Kindle. I didn't, it, you know, there's some things if you're going to go through the straight gate, you can't take them. I was telling somebody this morning, Mr. Rodriguez, that when I became a Christian, that uh, I got a brand new vocabulary overnight. Brand new. I mean, it couldn't, they had to lose some things, it had to come off. They has to go if I'm going through. But listen, I, I want to tell you, it'll be worth it all in the end. You stay with me now. <coughs> But those channel markers are there. I know what they are. I got a book up here that's got a lot of them in it. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So he said, if you really want it, he says, you just do God's will and you go on and you'll be better off because of it. You'll hear a preacher from Brother Crawford. God bless him as he stands up here and he gives out the word of God. And uh, when, when you get those kind of things, and, and it's, uh, he says, you need to do this. And uh, he says, thus saith the Lord. And uh, you say, yes, sir. And the, take the discipline as God gives it out and strive to enter in at the straight gate. <clears throat> but then the third thing I want you to see about this is the destination. The destination, the end, is worth it all. There are joys that await me on the other side. You're familiar with Psalm 23. Psalm 23 says, My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. I mean, full. Glory to God. I mean, it's, it's there. 
man, I thought when these ladies were singing about you have to raise your hand for all he's done. Uh, I was ready to put my hand up and wave my hand. But the joys that await me, listen to this. He's, the, Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow thee all the days of thy life. Surely goodness and mercy of God is still there every day. Brother, I need it, and I'm sure glad it's there. I'm going to heaven, but until I get there, I'm going to have the mercy of God going to help me along, and the goodness of God is going to lead me to repentance according to Romans. Hallelujah! That's a great place to be going. And I'm going there. I hope you're going. But listen, the psalmist went on to say, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To dwell means that I'm going to be home. It's going to feel like home. Bless God. What more could anybody ever ask for? Man, enter into straight gate. That goes down there to where you're going to get the abundant life, according to John. You say, what do you mean by abundant life? Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but i got to, got to get that part in. Preacher, sure, oh, it's almost 12 o'clock and i got to quit. Now you say, don't quit. I won't. Just, I'll go quicker. But think about the first glimpse of heaven. Harold Seitler preached a sermon on the first glimpse out of, out of Revelation chapter 19. Think about what it's going to be like, the first glimpse of heaven. I want to see Jesus first. The first glimpse. And I see heaven in all of its glory. Now, folks, I'm not known as to be a shouting Baptist, but I guarantee you that when I get up there and I see it for the first time, the Bible tells me already what I'm going to say. It's going to be, Hallelujah! And then, all the delight that's going to fill my soul. The Bible says, This is the way walk, walk ye in it. When I became a Christian in 1957, it was the best thing I ever did in my life. I had something wonderful happen to me. I was a sinner. And I cried out, I want a pardon. I want a pardon. I mean, there, there's my name. I want to see it for, for me, for Ed. And I, I really, really want it. The songwriter picked it up for me and he helped me a little bit with it. But he added something to it. It goes like this. I was in sin's prison. Oh, so dark and cold. Just a lost sheep wandering from God's eternal fold. Then the door swung open. Jesus said to me, I have signed your pardon. You may now go free. Which road are you walking? I mean, I'm telling you folks, there are two ways. One's a whole lot better than the other ones. The poet said, two roads diverged in the yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, just as fair because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for there, the poet said, that both of them were worn really about the same. 
And knowing that morning, says, there they were, both that morning equally lay in leaves, no steps had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on the way, I doubted if I should ever come back. And I shall be telling this story with a size somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And it'll make that difference for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help these dear folks today to determine in their own mind, their own heart, to walk the narrow road, the narrow way, to go in at the straight gate. Your head bowed, your eyes closed, right there where you're seated. Would you tell the Lord this morning, dear Jesus, I, I, want, I want to walk the way you want me to walk. I need your mercy and strength and your grace. I need your forgiveness. Today, dear Lord, I'm going to make the decision today. I want to walk that way. Mr. Hampton's dad was going the wrong way. A lot of others are. Help us not to give up on them. But Father, help me today to walk the way you want me to walk. As the pianist begins to play, I'd ask some... On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.